Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. We are continuing our series on churchology where we're looking at the church. And we're asking questions about if the church belongs to Jesus, and it does, he purchased it with his own blood, what does that mean? What kind of church are we going to be? What kind of church should we be? Is this, are we to be a church that, that about something that we want or I want, or should we be a church that Jesus wants? And as a reminder, as we started this several weeks ago, the church of Jesus Christ, the church that he is building, is the church that is committed to being built the way that he wants us to be built. We like to chase a lot of different stuff in church world. We love to chase the, la- the latest fads or the guy that has the best book and, and congregation members can, can lean that way and you end up going here and there and, and everywhere and nowhere sometimes. And so we need to know what kind of church should we be? What should we build our lives on individually and what should we build a church on as a church, as a body, as, as one who we are Faith Bible Chapel we could, you could call us whatever, whatever you want. It, it's about, not about the name. It's about our calling as a group of people together. And so I believe that God wants to challenge us along this series, and he has been. But I also believe that God wants to comfort us in the reality that he is the one who's leading us. I want to talk to you today as I got into this message today. It's about Jesus being our shepherd And the church that Jesus is building is the church that understands this. But what does it really mean for Jesus to be our shepherd? In the scripture, the, the title pastor means shepherd. But what does that mean? Because the scripture also says that pastors are under shepherds to the great shepherd. And so shepherd, or the understanding of shepherding, is a, is a major, major piece in our lives individually and should be in our church. And so the question is, what does it mean to have Jesus, our shepherd? What does that mean in your life? And I believe God wants to speak to us today. We're going to be in a, in a particular chapter for a couple weeks, but I believe God wants to speak to you. Often we think in Christianity about what we can do to serve God. It's just in our nature, like, God, I want to do this, and God, I want you to use me to do this, and, and how God can use us, or how we are to live our lives, and that's okay. But we often forget about what God wants to do for us through his son, Jesus Christ. We know he died on the cross. We know he rose from the dead. We know he saved us. But what is he doing today? In your life, if he is your shepherd, how is he shepherding you today? What does that mean? And I think it's a really important question that not only do we make commitments to God in our lives and ask him to give us the help to walk it out, he makes commitments to you as your shepherd. He makes commitments to you as the one who leads you. And many times we don't realize it. And we miss on what God's actually wanting to do. We miss the comfort of understanding that he's leading us. The Bible in many places describes God's care and God's love for you. 
for his people. And he always uses this image and often uses this image of shepherd and sheep. Shepherd and sheep. In Psalm 23, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. David was king. David was a leader. David was a warrior. David seemed pretty capable in his own right, but he said that, no, no, it is the Lord. That's my shepherd. In Psalm 80, God is called the shepherd of Israel. In Isaiah 40, God promises to bring his people back, the people of Israel, back from exile. And do you know what he describes how he's going to do it? He's going to do it like a shepherd gathering his lambs into his arms. It was important that God's people in the Old Testament and today under God's grace in the new, it was important in the old covenant and today in the new covenant that all of God's people understand that he is the God that is like a shepherd. He's a God of mercy. He's the God of love. He's the God of grace. And when they started to think, what is God like? What is God, what are you like? Which is a question all of us ask all the time. And we would say, well, look at Jesus and that's who God is. That's true. But what are, what, if we were to open this up a little bit and really look biblically about what is God like, as we would look and the people of the old covenant would look at the care of God, they would see that God is like a shepherd. Now, what's interesting in the old, under the old covenant, God appointed other shepherds, under shepherds in the old covenant to take care of God's people, to take care of the, 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 the people of Israel, the people from the line of Abraham. They were assigned, they were, they were positioned to be caretakers of God's people. That's what God's asked me to do in, in, this, in this area of pastoring and leading and our other pastors in, in our church. And I'll talk about that in another message. But they were assigned to do it. And so they were appointed human shepherds, leaders who were supposed to serve God's sheep under the old covenant on behalf of God. And they were to demonstrate, their life was to demonstrate God's love, God's care for them. But those who were appointed by God to be shepherds over God's people, those who were put in the position for, to care for them on behalf of God did not care for the sheep of Israel. They actually hurt them. They were leading people actually away from God. Instead of bringing people into the provision of God's pasture and of the grace and the love of God, they were loading religion on top of them. Man-made requirements to say, no, 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 before you get to God, you got to get through me. You got to please me before you can get to God. And they, they loaded things on them. They, they made up rules that they had to obey that God didn't make up. And they said, if you didn't obey it, then God, you are, you are at odds with God. And they began to use their position to serve as positions of power to lord over people and put on them weight that God never intended. And so, instead of guarding the flock of Israel, they were leaving them distressed, diseased, hurting, empty. 
shamed. And there's a passage out of Ezekiel 34. God condemns these shepherds who are mistreating his sheep. Listen, if you want to get in trouble with God, mistreat his sheep. He will show up pretty quickly in your life. He will remove you very quickly. He does not tolerate someone hurting or using his people for their own gain and their own good. He won't tolerate it. And we see it all the time. We see that people use even the position of pastor to, to, make, and to make themselves feel good, to make themselves, to go on an ego trip, to, to, to look, look at me. The moment that you use the position of the shepherd of God over his house to promote your name instead of Jesus' name is the moment that you better watch out. And these leaders were doing this. Ezekiel 34, God condemns these shepherds. And God sees the sheep or the people that have been exposed. They've been left to fend for themselves, used for, for the leader's purposes. And I want you to catch this response of what God our shepherd sees and what he tells Ezekiel that he's going to do and the one he's going to bring. Ezekiel 34 says this, as he sees them, he sees they're hurting. He says, I will place over them one shepherd. Everybody say one shepherd. My servant David. And he will tend them and will, and will tend them and be their shepherd. When you read this and if you're un unaware, you think, well, he's talking about King David. But actually the time this prophecy was given, David had been dead for a while. God was promising his people, his sheep, that a king, a leader, a shepherd, a Messiah would come from the line of David. And it's important we know that this is the background of what's coming into the new covenant. This is the background of what, what God was saying and why Jesus came to the earth. He came to be the one shepherd. And so a very well-known chapter, John chapter 10, very well known. We need to understand that John chapter 10 is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. It's Jesus fulfills the messianic prophecy of that the one shepherd will come. And so we need to understand that. But also before we can get to John 10, we need to understand what's happening in John 9. I want to go over it quickly because today I want us to spend some time seeking the Lord at the end of our service. And I'll explain more in just a moment. Before I read John chapter 10, we need to know in John chapter nine, Jesus healed a blind man. He healed him. He took dirt and he spit into it and he put it in the man's eyes. We're all, many of us are familiar with that. And the religious leaders who were supposed to celebrate that he's not blind anymore actually began to condemn him. Those who were supposed to care for him, actually, as they investigated the healing, wanted the man to denounce Jesus because they did not want him. They didn't want Jesus to be the Messiah. They didn't believe he was the Messiah because in their minds, as we heard a couple weeks ago, they were looking for another type of Messiah. And so they wanted this man to denounce Jesus, and he wouldn't do it. And so they kicked him 
out of the synagogue. The, the Greek word there is they excommunicated him out of Judaism. They said, fine then, you're on your own. You won't do what we want, you're on your own. And so this precious man who, is, who lived his whole life, blind, begging, trying to survive, was healed by Jesus. And the ones who were supposed to care for him said, listen, if you don't do what we want, you're out of here. And so they did it. They removed their shepherd's heart over him. They removed their covering over him because that was the position they were in. They excommunicated him out of Judaism to wander on his own without a shepherd, spiritually without a shepherd, to fend for himself, to not be protected, to be vulnerable. And so the shepherds of God's house were reckless. They were destructive. They were authoritative. But God had not forgotten his flock because John 10, Jesus begins to speak about this situation. These sheep had been pushed around and they'd been abused, but then the good shepherd showed up and his name was Jesus. His name was Yeshua for them. And so that's the context of John chapter 10. And Jesus says this in John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. We're going to read 17 verses. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. Now remember, still speaking of the shepherd. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, this is a figure of speech he used, but they did not understand what he was saying. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, in other words, listen up, I'm telling you the truth, listen to me. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is, the, this is the text today I want you to catch. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired, he's, who, excuse me, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and knows the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. He was speaking about us, the Gentiles, at that moment. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. Catch this. One flock. Everybody say one flock. One shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. I want to begin this three-part aspect of the shepherd with looking at this verse where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is your shepherd. He is our shepherd. If Jesus is your shepherd, if we have given our lives to him, if we submitted ourselves under his shepherd's heart, under his, his leadership, it's important we know what that means. What does it mean? What, what are the implications that Jesus is our shepherd? What, have you ever thought about it? You wake in the morning and you say, Jesus, you're my shepherd. What does that mean to me? We need to understand the first obvious thing, but what we always miss, and this is what I believe the Lord wants us to catch today. We always miss this this understanding of what it means for Jesus to be our shepherd. I have one point today. Because if I didn't have the one, it would be pointless. Okay. Just one point that we have to get before we can understand that you can, before you can ever understand your life, before you can ever understand your purpose, before you can ever, ever understand who you are, we must understand what it means for he, Jesus, as our shepherd. So if he's our shepherd, point number one, then friend, you are a sheep. We miss it. We'll say that, but what does that mean? You know, often as a kid growing up, I grew up in a rural area, grew up a lot, around a lot of animals, hunted, was, in, was able to see things in the wild, always loved it. I always wanted to be like a, an eagle, a bear, a lion, even a horse. I'd take a horse. But I have to say, I've never imagined, what would it be like to be a sheep? <laughs> you know why? Well, we all know why. Because sheep are not very impressive, are they? <laughs> they're they're kind of nasty, let's just be honest. They don't have a sense of direction. They get lost very easily. They cannot defend for themselves. And on top of that, most of them are white And so they can't even hide from a predator if they wanted to. And the sound they make is not threatening to anybody, anywhere, ever. (laughs) Sheep panic very easily. They're easily scared. They're clumsy. They stink. They're not nice to look at because they have dirt and filth all over them. Their own feces are on their whites, their white wool. They don't groom themselves. They can't find their own food, their own water. And the one thing that they produce, or the one thing that, the one of the things of value they produce is their wool. And that is easily taken from, taken from them. You just flip them over and shear them and they just lay there like this the whole time. They don't even, they can't even try to keep you away. They're like, that's it. Sheep are just dumb. 
Let's, let's. <laughs> and they describe us pretty well. Jesus could have picked, God could have picked any animal to compare us to. So he thought about it for a while. He thought about kind of who we are. He connected all the data points. No, they're sheep is what they are. But it's so important that you know that. It's important you understand that. Oh, you, you will miss what it means to be a part of his flock. Another thing that's important is that you understand that you're not a sheep by accident. You're a sheep by design. I want you to think about that. God created you and designed you to be a sheep. You didn't choose it. He chose it for you. You were created to be a sheep and to have Jesus as your shepherd. If you don't like the fact that you're a sheep, doesn't matter. You're still a sheep. If you think I may be a sheep, but I identify as an eagle. You can try to take flight off of the top of a mountain or a house. You might think you're flying for a little bit, and then the, grind, the ground will remind you, actually, you're a sheep. And why is that? Listen, our broken, sinful, independent nature thinks we can be whatever we want. You can apply this. You can just look at the world. That's what we think. I get to choose what animal I am in God's house. I get to choose the type of thing that I'm going to be. And usually whatever we want to be is never actually what we are. If we were, actually all of us are this way, listen. If we're shorter, we want to be taller. We just don't want to be who we are. If we're taller, we want to be a little shorter. If we're thin, we want to be a little stockier. If we're heavy, we want to be a little thinner. Our lives are consumed because of our broken nature that we've inherited with trying to be something that we are not. And we strive and we keep working. And I believe this with all my heart. The greatest gift to you, your relationship with Jesus and to your life is for you to embrace the reality that you're a sheep and in need of a shepherd to lead you because you will get lost. And all of us, like sheep, Isaiah 53, have gone astray. You're going to need a shepherd to protect you because you're going to realize pretty quickly you actually can't protect yourself. You're going to need a shepherd to feed you because you're going to realize you actually can't feed yourself because you're a sheep. 
You're going to need a shepherd to guide you because you can't guide yourself because you're a sheep. So every morning you need to wake, wake up, look yourself in the mirror, and say, good morning, sheep. And by saying that and realizing that, you are declaring that you are in need of a shepherd. Most believers live their whole lives stressed out, weighed down, stretched thin, filled with worry, filled with, with anxiety, because they're trying to be their own shepherd instead of resting in the reality that they are sheep and Jesus is their shepherd. You must embrace the reality you are a sheep. You are fragile. You are vulnerable. You are temporary. You must embrace the fact that you are a sheep, therefore, by design, to be under the care of the Good Shepherd. Cheryl and I were out for dinner with some friends on Thursday night, and we were talking about how the fall of mankind, of humankind in the Garden of Eden happened because Satan tempted them with, with the lie. Now, look at this lie out of Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. For God knows that when you eat of it, so the serpent, who Satan taking the form of the serpent, had, was tempting Eve, says, listen, God knows that when you eat of the fruit or the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be opened, and this is why he doesn't want you to eat it, because you will be like God. You'll be like him. And so Eve thought about it. Adam thought about it. They said, sounds good to me. They wanted to exchange their position and be their own God. But they weren't designed for that, were they? That wasn't their purpose. It wasn't their call. They, did, they wanted to have what God had because they wanted to rule their own lives instead of need a God. Now think about the attributes of God. Think about it. And we have a slide here. This is a, a, the attributes of God, that he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, or um, omnipotent, however you pronounce that, which means all-powerful. So um, um, omniscient means he's all-knowing. He knows all things. Omnipotent means he is all-powerful. He has the power, once he knows all things, to do something about all things. Omnipresent, he's everywhere at once, all at the same time. An omnibenevolent, which means everything about him is perfect, right, and good. Every thought he has, everything he chooses to do, every decision he makes is always the right one. Think about when Satan presented them with this temptation, that they could actually be all these things. And they said yes. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. The moment that they said yes, the moment they tried to be God instead of human, was the moment... They entered into death. They, they, they began to die spiritually and they, they, they began to die physically. And they ate of the fruit and they disobeyed God because they wanted to be equal with God. Because they wanted to be their leader. Because they actually thought they could be their leader. Their own leader. Instead of leading and reigning and exercising dominion in, in the world that God had placed them, 
Instead of receiving God's provision in the garden, they wanted their own garden. They wanted to be their own source of life. They wanted to be their own source of power and strength. They didn't want to rely on God's protection, God's provision. They wanted to protect themselves. They wanted to provide for themselves. They didn't want to be human. They wanted to be God. And this is still the same today, even in God's people. It's the temptation that Satan always gives us. Hey, maybe you should be your own shepherd. Do you really like being a sheep? Wouldn't you rather be a shepherd? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather call your own shots? Wouldn't you want to be all-powerful and all-knowing? Wouldn't you want to be, everything you do is right and good, and all of a sudden we start, yeah, I would. Just like Adam and Eve didn't want to be human, they wanted to be God. They were designed to be human, and they were designed to have a God. They were designed to be God's children. They weren't designed to create the garden. They were designed to take care of what God created. They didn't want to be sheep. They wanted to be the shepherd of their life. Friends, listen to me. The moment that we forget who we are, sheep, and that was my my description earlier. No one says, that's what I want to be. Nobody says that. But that's who we are. The moment that we forget that's actually who we are, the moment that we feel like it's our job to be all-knowing, it's our job to be all-powerful, it's our job to be everywhere at once. It's our job to know everything and know how to solve everything that's in front of us. And know how to do, know what to do in, in tragedy. Know what to do in, in, in a world that's constantly churning and, and changing. The moment that we think that I can make right and good decisions on my own power is the moment that we place ourselves in the position of shepherd in our lives. And I think all of us, if we were honest, if we really looked at ourselves, we would say, I shouldn't be the shepherd of my own lives, of my own life. We, all of us would say that. The moment we begin to become or to, to think that we are capable, that we're actually a little better than a sheep, is the moment that we begin to be crushed under the weight of our own lives, of things that are going on in our own world. And we're filled with anxiety, we're filled with adrenaline, and we're filled with all kinds of stuff because what are we doing, man? We're, we're by, by golly, we're, we're giving my shepherd's staff. And the moment that we think that we can actually carry the responsibility of our shepherd and our own being, It's the moment that we are crushed under the weight of it. We were created and designed, friends, to be sheep in his pasture, under his care. Because he's a good shepherd. This doesn't mean we don't have to be aware of things in life. Of course we do. Of course. I mean, Jesus, our shepherd, 
has purpose for us. He has called us to do things. He's called you to do things. He said out of Matthew 10, I, I don't have, we don't have the, the slide. He says, he told his disciples, I'm sending you out as sheep among the wolves. Thanks, Jesus. And then he said this, therefore be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. In other words, we still have responsibility, but we're still sheep. Does it mean we don't, we don't carry out the responsibilities God's called us to for, our, for on the earth, for God's kingdom, for our families, for our church? Does it mean we don't have responsibilities to the word of God and we just walk around just bah, all day? No, we have things to do. Does it mean we don't find ways to influence society and be a restraint to the evil works of darkness on the earth? You better believe that's what we do. It doesn't mean we don't try to, to, to make a difference and work in truth and biblical righteousness. It doesn't mean we don't have to guard our minds and our emotions. But what it does mean is when things don't work out, When accidents happen, when loved ones and friends die, when you feel an injustice is done against you or a church or people that you care about, when you struggle to see the fruit of your labor and your responsibilities and when sickness hits your family and when your efforts and your prayers don't seem like they're making any impact, when you don't know what decisions to make about a job, about a college, about a career, to move or not to move, to go to Florida because you, you like the politics there instead of stay here in Colorado. Or something changed in your life and you thought you were heading one, where, one, one direction and all of a sudden something happens and you, you realize I'm not going to get to where I was going. When you receive devastating news, when you find yourself riddled with anxiety, with depression, with anger and confusion and sadness, when you feel the weight of, of things pressing against you and your knees are buckling and shaking under, under the weight of your life and your circumstances that are all real, Church, listen to me today. Hear my heart for you today. Hear Jesus' heart for you today. The most important thing you can do is not warrior up. The most important thing you can do is realize you're sheep. In those moments that you, you feel crushed or you feel the weight is too much and you don't know You, you are not to find a distraction. It's, it, listen, what, what you're to do in those moments is, is not to find a way to numb your feelings or to have positive confession. It's not happening, it's not happening, it's not happening. Like, come on, get a grip. Call it like it is. It's not to ignore it. The greatest thing you can do is to remind yourself who you are and that you are sheep that was not designed to know all things. You were not designed to have all the answers. You were not designed 
to have the power to fix everything. You were not designed to be able to make the right decision because you have a thought you think it must be the right decision. What if it's wrong? But you were designed to be under the care of the good shepherd who sees all those things, who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, who everything he does do is good. Everything he does do is right. And you were designed, friends, to be under and in the flock of the good shepherd, Jesus, that was assigned to us, that came to this earth for us, to shepherd us, to lead us on this temporary earth, and he is leading you, and he is guiding you, he is feeding you, he is protecting you, all the way into eternity and forever. Because Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the faithful one to complete the work that he began in you when he created you and when he called you and when he saved you. He is the shepherd that stands guard over your life, over your mind, over your body, over everything that's going. He's the one that stands and he's the one that is faithful. You were never designed to be your own shepherd. You were designed to be under the care of the good, faithful shepherd. We don't like it that we have restrictions in our bodies and our minds. I don't like it. But we do. Because we're sheep. But the most important thing you can understand, friends, is that you have a good shepherd. Now think about sheep. They, they don't know always where they're going. They don't know what the shepherd's mind is. They don't know the plans of the shepherd. They don't know why they're walking through this area and going through this ditch and heading over here. They don't know why we're walking through these briars. There's no grass here. It's because the good shepherd is leading you to the place that's best for you. We need to understand that we are human which means we are sheep, which means we have a good shepherd. Listen, friends, I do not want to put my confidence in me. I don't want to put my confidence in you. I don't want to put my confidence in some man that was created to be a sheep. But I do want to put my confidence in my shepherd because he sees things that I don't see. He knows things that I don't know. It's humbling. But that's where your peace is found. And the realization that you're a sheep. I know it's easier for some than others. But this is what I believe God wanted me to share with you today. I believe that he wants to give you a spirit of rest, a spirit of peace, to take a deep breath in the midst of whatever it is and realize you don't have to be anxious for not knowing because you were actually designed to not know. He's the one that knows. 
He's the one that is leading. And the step to receive assurance and peace is to fully accept that you were created and designed by God to be a sheep under the good shepherd's care. What would it be like to actually rejoice in the fact that you're a sheep instead of resent the fact that you're a sheep? Friends, Jesus made you a sheep because he wanted to take care of you, because he wanted to be your shepherd, because you were not able or designed to take care of yourself. That's why God sent Jesus to be your shepherd. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. And we are his people. The sheep of his pasture. We are living in a day and age. We need to understand who's in control. God is. Our shepherd is. We need to understand the the limitations of who we are. We are sheep. Responsibilities, yes. But we're still sheep. Isaiah 40, verse 11 says this. He, your shepherd, tends the flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs into his arms. Here's what's very interesting. All all of us in relation to God see ourselves as lambs, if we're really honest. Nobody sees ourselves as a peer to him or I'm a big ram to it. No, we, we, we all understand that we're lambs in his arms. And he carries us close to his heart and he gently leads you that have young. Think about for you parents who maybe the last couple of years have been very, very troublesome. And I understand. And you think, but I'm the parent, but I'm the parent, but I'm the parent and I don't know what to do and I don't know what decision to make and I don't know what's going on and I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know. And we wring our hands and wring our hands. God wants to remind you He gently leads you, his sheep, who have other little sheep, because he's your shepherd. You're not your child's shepherd. You're an under-shepherd, but you're not the chief shepherd. Your shepherd watches over you. Your shepherd is guiding us this very second, this very moment. Do we understand everything? No. But he guides us. And I will tell you this. I trust him. I trust him. He's our good shepherd. And he wants to give you assurance today. 
we can, we can live our lives as sheep to <clears throat> always wring our hands and like beat ourselves to, I gotta get, I gotta do it. We chug our coffees. I've got to get my mind around that. I've got to see what's going on. I, got, I don't know. I'm so frustrated and I'm so this and I'm so that. And why would this happen? And how come my family member's sick? And why did this person die? And we don't know. But what we do know, we have a good shepherd. And he's ours. We were designed to be under his care. So the greatest thing you could do is take a deep breath and realize you've got the best shepherd in the world. And he will lead you and he will complete the work he began in your life and your children's life and the city and this nation in our church because he's a good shepherd. And so we surrender to him and his presence because I don't have any advice to offer him. I can't give him any information that he doesn't already know. And so we take a deep breath and we rest. He's our shepherd, friends. I want to remind you the most familiar verse, Psalm 23, in this passage. Can we read this together? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we can, let's stand to our feet today. If you could just lift your hands to the Lord right where you are. And I want you to take the next couple moments right where you are to make this song your prayer. And lay it before the Lord as we sing.
all to Jesus. All to Jesus, I surrender all to Thee. I freely give. Oh, I will live love and trust Him in His presence. Day. Thank you today. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us sheep by design. I want to thank you today, Lord, that you are our good shepherd. And so today, we come to full reality and full understanding that our place is to be under your care. And so, Lord, there's areas of our lives that we have taken the staff from you and said, I got this. Lord, forgive us. We give our lives deeply into your care. We don't understand things in our lives, but we do know that you're good. We do know that you're leading us. We do know that you are working. And we do know that we are temporary. And so we fix our eyes on that which is eternal. That you are leading us to our promised land. We still have things to do, but we acknowledge today that you are in charge and you are our good shepherd. We love you and we bless you today. Just remain with your heads bowed for a moment. If you're here today and you would say that, and you would know that you do not know Jesus, that if you were to die today, that you realize that you are not in his flock. You might be religious. You might even come to church often, 
But if you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit right now, revealing to you that you need a shepherd and his name is Jesus, and you want to give your life to the Lord, just raise your hand right now. Nobody is looking around. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just hold it up. Just real quick, hold it up so I can see you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to pray it together. And the Bible says that if you will declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and died for you and rose again, that you will be saved. So let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, be my shepherd. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you came to this earth for me. I believe that you died on the cross in my place. And I believe that you were buried in my place. And I believe that you rose from the dead. So that by me putting my faith in you, I will forever live. And you will give me a new body one day. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen.